Good morning. We are glad you're here today. So thankful for your presence. We've got a good number here. Very grateful for that. It's good to see you the first of the year. Hope and pray that 2023 is a very profitable year for each and every one. We wish you the best of health and prosperity, and we hope and pray that we can do all within our power to try to expand the borders of God's kingdom in this community. The passage Eric read a moment ago, Matthew chapter 25, I want to call your attention to Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 14, down through verse 30. We're going to be talking about one of the Lord's parables. Jesus used parables oftentimes to teach divine truths. And on many occasions He would use what we might call an earthly story to amplify divine truth. And such is the case in this parable. And in this parable, Jesus talks about a man that was about to take a journey into a far country. And so before doing that, he called his servants to him and distributed his goods into their care and well-being. In other words, he made them stewards of that which he possessed. And the Bible tells us that to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And then he makes this statement, to each according to his own ability. So what Jesus is saying there is that we all have varying abilities in this life. Talents, of course, would represent a monetary sum of money. Sometimes people confuse talents and abilities in this context. Well, we sometimes talk about he or she is a very talented athlete, or he or she has tremendous talent in music. Well, what Jesus is saying is that this business owner was about to take a journey into a far country, and so in recognition of the fact that these men had varying abilities. He gave them talents based upon that ability. Have you ever thought about how much ability resides in this congregation? I mean, look at all the people here this morning. We're not the same. In many ways, we're different. We have differing abilities. And yet God can use those abilities to His glory. So what we want to talk about today, maximizing our abilities to the glory of God. I think really that's borne out in this parable. God wants us to maximize the abilities that we have, not necessarily for personal gain, but to His glory. So I want to begin by first of all talking about Ability. Now, there are two things that come to mind when I think about the word ability. Number one, we all have what I would call natural abilities. You have abilities that I will never possess. There may be abilities that I possess that maybe you don't have, but maybe one day you will have, and vice versa. But I'm grateful that. I'm not going to be judged on the basis of another man's abilities. There are people in our brotherhood that have far superior education. 
to what I possess. There are folks that have greater ability, and I'm grateful for that. But to understand that what God wants from me is to use the ability that I do possess to His glory. Let me tell you about a friend of mine. I was talking to a buddy some time back, and we were talking about our past and some of the things that went on in our past life. And this man had an ability to use his hands in a shop. He just had natural ability when it came to doing body work. He opened his own shop, made a lot of money, was making a lot of money. And so at some point in time, as a young man, he began to think about, I'd like to preach. And so as he began to think about that, he made decisions that would point in that direction. And so he said, a gentleman from a preaching school came and sat down and visited with him about becoming a prospective student. Now you've got to understand, the man I'm talking about had very little education. He would tell you he could barely read or write. So when this guy comes in to sit down and talk to him, they begin, I assume, going over his background. He's got a very successful business, making lots of money. And here's what this guy said. I recommend you stay in the body shop business. You will never make a preacher. He said, man, when he told me that, I thought, I'll show him. I'll prove him wrong. Well, he went to school, got an education, spent a lot of time learning correct grammar. Had a lady tell him, he said, one day after he preached, she said, when you preach, your grammar, and she didn't say this in an ugly way, but she said, your grammar is so poor, it's like somebody standing at a chalkboard and running their hand down it. He said, let me tell you what I want you to do. When I preach, if you will, sit down and take notes, make a note of every grammatical mistake that I make, and you tell me. And she tutored him. And over a period of time, he later not only became a gospel preacher, but has done a lot of writing, extensive writing, in our brotherhood. And so what I'm saying is, we all have natural abilities. Now, I don't think you can teach somebody to throw a baseball 95 miles an hour. Either you have it or you don't. Just, that's just a God-given gift. But now you can take the abilities that you have and nurture those abilities, can't you? Let me give you an illustration of what I'm talking about. Go back and look at the life of Moses. Now you remember in Acts chapter 7, verse 22, the Bible says that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Forty years he spent in the court of Pharaoh, in that household. And then another 40 years he spends in the desert in Midian. So you got 80 years of preparation. And I really believe that God, during those years, was nurturing ability, the ability of Moses. Now when God called him initially in Exodus chapter 3, he was reluctant. 
Matter of fact, came up with every excuse in the world as to why he could not lead the children of Israel out of bondage. Had no desire to go and to stand before Pharaoh, and yet God used him in a mighty way, didn't he? What about in Luke chapter 6 when Jesus spent the night before he called the apostles to become his special ambassadors, his special servants? They were those earthen vessels into which God committed His divine Word. Now you look at the life, say, of an apostle Peter. Peter was a fisherman by trade, wasn't he? And you remember Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Was Peter a finished product when God called him? Well, you can read the life of Peter. And there were a number of blunders made by this man. And so you look at his life, and there is what I believe to be a transformation of character. Peter is not the same on Pentecost Day, is he? You remember in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says the Sanhedrin Council, they recognized something special about Peter and John, both fishermen by trade. And yet the Bible says they recognized that they were untrained, unlearned men. Oh, but they'd been with Jesus. So what was the Lord doing over a period of three, three and a half years? He was molding and making them into His servants. He took whatever raw abilities they had, harnessed those abilities, and used them to literally turn the world upside down. So God has the ability to nurture us. Go back and look at Moses again. In the book of Exodus, the Bible talks about how Moses had an associate, an apprentice, if you please. His name was Joshua. And Joshua had the opportunity to be tutored or mentored by Moses, the great leader and lawgiver of Israel. So when Moses died, God said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, here's what I want you to do. Arise and go over into this land. Was Joshua ready? Yes, he was. Why? Because he had natural ability? Yes. But God had nurtured that ability through Moses, through trial, experience, etc. Seems true today, isn't it? Can God take whatever abilities or limited abilities that we have and nurture those abilities to His glory, to His good? Yes. So there's a second thing I want you to think about for a minute. First, we talk about our ability. But then secondly, our responsibility. There's a, really there is a thesis to this parable. And the thesis could be summed up in these words. Use it or lose it. That's it. So what do I mean when I talk about using our abilities for the glory of God. Well, first and foremost, we've got to discover those abilities, don't we? Or we have to discern, okay, I'm strong in this area. Or I maybe have an ability over here. Maybe you can't preach or teach publicly. Nothing wrong with that. But you have the ability to sit down with somebody one-on-one -on -one and you can teach them the gospel of Christ. 
Maybe you're fearful of standing before an audience of people, but you're not afraid to sit down and share what you know in your biblical knowledge. Maybe you can't encourage like a Barnabas, verbally speaking, but you can send a text or you can write a card. You can pick up the telephone and call somebody. There are lots of ways that we can use our abilities for the glory of Almighty God. And so we've got to discover those abilities, and then we've got to develop those abilities. I want to ask you a personal question. If you were to take inventory of your life over the next few days, and let's just say that for the next five or six days, you mull over in your mind, Okay, this is what I can bring to the table when it comes to the cause of Christ. This is how I believe that I can best serve the Lord in this community. Where would you say your ability lies? What unique ability do you have that you can bring to the table? and help this church be what God wants it to be in this community. So you've got to develop that ability. I knew a man had limited education, but he told me one time, he said, I know how to make money. I'm grateful for people like that. Let me tell you about a fellow that lived in Nashville many years ago. Born in the 1800s, established a strong business in the city of Nashville. That business became a multi-million dollar business. The man I'm talking about, his name was A.M. Burton. He was a tremendous benefactor to Lipscomb University. Left a lot of financial assets to that school. But Brother Burton had a great ability. He was a visionary. And he placed a lot of value on his own abilities and on the abilities of others. And so he had vision. So this man took a man by the name of Marshall Keeble, brought him in, and literally funded his preaching and teaching of the gospel until he died. Brother Keeble had a very unique style in preaching. I have seen a couple of the sheets that, that he made years ago. And as I looked at those sheets, I thought about how many people obeyed the gospel looking at those sheets while he was preaching. Brother Keeble was said to have baptized somewhere between thirty and 50,000 people. Now that's, a, that's incredible to me. Helped to establish about 325 congregations around the world. Now look, maybe he would have done a lot of great things without Brother Burton, but I can tell you this, because of Brother Burton, he did tremendous things to the glory of God. Brother Burton recognized this man has an ability, and he can use that ability to the glory of God, and so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it possible for him to preach and teach the gospel. So he, under, he really 
really was the benefactor of all of his work in days gone by. But then there's a third thought here. And that is we have to desire to use our abilities. Now look, have you ever known somebody who has a very strong intellect? I've known people that have just an analytical mind. I'm thinking now about a person that I've known for a long time, probably one of the most analytical minds that I've ever known in my lifetime. This man had the ability to read something, to retain it. And I'm talking about heavy reading, too. Well, that's a blessing, isn't it? So here's a guy that had a lot of ability, but sadly did not use that ability to his maximum potential. Ability really means nothing if you fail to use it. Now, there are a lot of people in our world today, they have tremendous ability. The problem's not, the problem is not they don't have ability. The problem is they won't use it. Now, you think about the ability that you have right now. Now, in this context, Jesus is talking about that man that went into a distant country. He had distributed his goods unto three individuals. One man received five talents, another man received two, the third man received one. The man that received the five talents, the Bible says he went out and traded with them and made five more. The man with the two talents went out and doubled that. But the man with one talent went and dug in the ground. Well, which of those three do you believe was pleasing to God? Now, what about desiring to use the abilities that we have? It might be that your ability is in the realm of finance. Maybe, maybe you have the ability to teach, to preach. It might be that from an organizational standpoint, you have tremendous ability. Maybe you are a visionary and you have the ability to see into the future in the sense that you recognize, you know what, there's an opportunity here. And here's what we need to do. We need to begin planning so that we can bring this to fruition. Now I want you to look at this parable for a minute. I want to just talk a little bit about here. Here again, the Bible says that after many days, this man came back to begin settling accounts with those three men. Now you remember the first one, he had given five talents. And the Bible says that this man said, look, you delivered to me five talents. I've made five more. And Jesus said, blessed are you. Matter of fact, he said, you have been faithful in few things. I'm going to make you a ruler over many things. Said the same thing to the man with two talents. But then that third man, and by the way, two times Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your Lord. 
But then he comes to the third man. This man had ability. This man may not have had the same ability, but he had ability. And so when the owner of these goods begins to discuss his stewardship, he said, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. Now I want you to listen to something. Listen to what Jesus said. Well, look at verse 25. This man said, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. There you have what's yours. But here's what Jesus said, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I've not sown, I gather where I haven't scattered seed. Therefore you ought to have deposited, listen to him, my money with the bankers, that when I come, I might receive it back with interest. Then he says in verse 28, Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. And then I want to share a verse with you that, has trouble, that used to trouble me. Matter of fact, I remember the first time that I ever read this verse, it caused a lot of questions in my mind. I want you to listen to what Jesus said. Verse 29, To everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. That caused me a lot of trouble in the past when I was a young fella. I remember being in school when I first became acquainted with that verse. And I thought, you know, that doesn't seem fair to me. I mean, here's somebody who has a lot, who has an abundance, and you're going to give them more, but here's somebody who doesn't have as much, and you're going to take what he or she has. I don't understand that. Here's what God's saying. You have ability. You have ability when it, you have an ability. It's up to you to use that ability to the glory of God. And if you are faithful in those abilities, God will give you greater responsibilities. But if you do what that man did, you just bury it in the ground, God said, let me tell you what, I'll take it from you. Imagine if you can, somebody, I'll tell you what, just think about it like this. Let's say that the Lord Jesus were here on earth. And let's say that He said to us, all right, we need to establish a congregation in this area. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a million dollars in your checking account. And I want you to use that money to my glory in this city. So here's the question. What would we do with that? Would we invest it in spiritual things? Now look, we could put it in the bank and draw interest. Well, we could do that. But is that what the Lord would want? Can you imagine the Lord putting a million dollars in our bank account? Saying, I want you to use this to my glory and then just sit on it. 
You think he'd be pleased? You think God would say to us, well done, good and faithful servant? I got 2% interest for you. Well, what about the awesome opportunities to use that money to invest to His glory? Now, you have an ability. I have an ability. It's up to me to decide whether or not I will use that ability to the glory of Almighty God. Now we can talk about ability. We can talk about responsibility. But here's the third thing that we need to think about. It's called accountability. Jesus held each man accountable for what he did with the talents deposited into their care. Now here's what Paul said, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. That that which is required of a steward is that a man be found, listen to him, faithful. When it comes to the talents that God has entrusted into your care, and let's just say that God has blessed you with the, with the ability to make money. Let's just say that you have a sizable amount of money in the bank. Do you really think God wants you to use that for your own personal gain 100%? I don't think so. Matter of fact, if you have that kind of gift or that kind of ability, you better be using it to the glory of God. You better be doing what you can to glorify Almighty God. There are folks that have a tremendous financial portfolio. They may drop $25 or $30 in the collection plate. And my question to you, do you really think God's pleased with that? I don't think He is. He had more to say about material goods than probably any other subject. And why was that? Because the collection is a reflection of your affection. The pocketbook. Now, when Jesus came, or rather when Jesus talks about this man coming home and settling up with these men, two of those men he commended. Well done, good and faithful servant. Is that what the Lord will say to you? Will the Lord say to you, you know what, you had tremendous ability. Maybe you had the ability to teach, to preach. Maybe you, like Barnabas, were a great encourager. Whatever your ability was, you used it to its maximum. Don't you think he'll say, well done? But let's just say that you do have ability and you fail to use that. Listen, we're going to be judged not only on the basis of what we do, but also on the basis of what we don't do. You can just say, you know what, I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to contribute to the cause of Christ. I'm just going to do my own thing. Well, you can do your own thing. But here's what Jesus said, you wicked and slothful servant, lazy servant. I want you to see something here. Two of those men were commended, but I want you to listen to what he says down in verse 30 and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. 
there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you know what Jesus is saying? You just sit on your ability. You just sit on what I have entrusted into your care. Don't do anything with it. You can go out there and hide it in the ground if you want to. But when I come back, let me tell you what. When I come back and settle up with you, it will not be in your favor. When he said there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, he's talking about Gehenna fire. He's talking about people losing their soul in hell. Now, I know nobody wants to go to hell. I don't know if anybody in his or her right mind that wants to go to hell, but what Jesus is saying is, you got a boatload of ability and you don't use it to my glory, and I've entrusted you with this kind of ability, and you sat on it? i got a place for you, and it's not where you want to go. You know, sometimes Jesus was tough, wasn't he? A lot of people want to talk about the baby Jesus, and I'm grateful for the baby Jesus. But people want to accentuate the baby Jesus, and they don't want to look at the man Jesus. Jesus was demanding, was he not? We've got to desire to use whatever ability we have to the glory of Almighty God. Now, I don't know what your ability is, but I want to encourage you. You discern, you decide what that ability is, and then you begin to develop it, and you desire within your heart of hearts to use that to God's glory. And if you do that, you'll hear Him say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your Lord. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, what a golden opportunity you have. I know that week to week we ask people to think about their spiritual condition. might be that you're here today and you've never obeyed the gospel. I don't know what's holding you back. But you know, the same one that Jesus pictured in Matthew chapter 25, when you drop down to verse 31, He talks about the Son of Man coming in all His glory with all His holy angels. He's going to be seated upon that throne of glory. And remember what He said, all nations will be gathered before Him. That's a judgment. And Jesus is saying, look, I'm coming again. When I come, I'm going to say to those on the right hand, well done. Come, enter into the joys of your Lord. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. But if you hadn't obeyed the gospel, Jesus said, I'll say, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, please do that today. If you're not what you ought to be, let's just say that you're here today. And there are a lot of things you could bring to the table to help this church to help this congregation go forward and be everything that it ought to be in the eyes of God. Will you resolve today to give 110% every day for His cause? Won't you come as we stand and sing?